0: Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know that we are not going to be finishing Of Baron and Luthien this week. Michael had a trip scheduled that came up, and Dan had a crazy work week when we weren't able to get together and record the episode. So this here is us going over an article that kind of talks trash about Tolkien. We thought it'd be fun to go over it point by point, uh, just for an occasion like this where we were unable to get together last week uh, and record the right part of the chapter. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Let us know what you think in the comments below. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is some crazy stuff. Get ready.
1: Before the rings of power, there were the Silmarils. Before Sauron, there was his master, Morgoth. Before Aragorn and Arwen, there was Beren and Luthien. Welcome to Window on the West, where we explore all the ages of Tolkien's Middle-earth. With your hosts, Jonathan Watson, Michael Grumbine, and
0: Dan Coates. We're going to take a look at this amazing article about 10 ways that the Lord of the Rings has aged so poorly, so few people like it these days, because it's not Mm. queuing toward what uh, modern Western civilization says the Lord of the Rings should be. Uh, This is an article that came up on uh, CBR.com. Does that stand for something? I don't even know. I don't even think I want to know. However, we're going to go through all 10 reasons here.
1: I think it's comic book review. Comic book review.
0: All right. Not but, a site I necessarily I frequent very often. However, so, so what they're tell- telling us here is that The Lord of the Rings hasn't ins- hasn't entirely stood the test of time. For um, what they're getting that evidence from, I don't know because it's always at the top of, of uh, best-selling books and all the books that come out hit the bestsellers mm-hmm. that are referencing The Lord of the Rings. Uh, but even though uh, Tolkien is largely responsible for modern fantasy, uh like many books that came out in the 50s elements of Tolkien's work haven't aged particularly well so um and though they're saying they're not bad things they're just not good enough and good and good enough can get you canceled enough these days uh so let's go through these through these 10 reasons um and i love this right they say they're problematic and offensive which to (laughs) me is now dan working at the babylon b Oh, these no. are, these are, this is a phrase that I think almost goes in most satire articles these days.
2: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just problematic. Those are, those are the words that you use when you don't have facts or logic on your side. It's like, this is problematic it's the, because it offends me. Like it's, right. you know,
0: and, and I love it. It's uncorrected. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't put them into the correction chamber, into the classroom that would tell them, no, you're not correct. Here's the correct way to write the Lord of the Rings now. Yeah. All right. That's so terrible. let's get through this. Here is number 10 of all the ways the Lord of the Rings doesn't hold up anymore. Number 10, Tolkien's writers feature, let me start over there. Tolkien's writing features plot cul-de-sacs for the sake of world building. I think this author was really proud that they used the word cul-de-sac with plot. But I don't even know what this means. Here's what they write: Tolkien's Tolkien's Middle Earth is one of the most... First of all, Middle Earth is always middle-earth, so Mm -hmm. problem there. uh, Is one of the most meticulously crafted fantasy settings in existence. Apart from Lord of the Rings, he details the history of Middle Earth and the Silmarillion and had tons of personal notes on the world. While this makes for an incredibly rich setting, it occasionally resulted in clunky storytelling. If there's one thing that I thought about the Silmarillion when I read it, it's clunky. Mm. It's not... Uh, when the main four hobbits take an unplanned detour through the old forest and meet the strange Tom Bombadil, readers are treat- treated to many pages about a character who will soon disappear from the plot. While this establishes more about the world of Middle-earth, modern audiences, modern, the famous modern audiences, are used to very streamline stories and expect every chapter of a book to advance the main plot, kind of like, I don't know, The Da Vinci Code, right? everything (laughs) happens on every page and it doesn't ever go anywhere. But it's streamlined.
1: All right, hot hot takes from each of us. That was Jonathan's. Go. Go.
2: I was going to say, I have a feeling this is going to be a a common thread through all these points that modern audiences don't expect X, so therefore X is bad. It's like rather rather than thinking, maybe there's a problem with us. Maybe there's a problem with modern audiences.
1: Yep. You, You hit the nail on the head, Dan. The presumption of this whole article is that if something doesn't age well it's the basis as we go through each of these points will be almost always not always but almost always each of these 10 talks about how it does modern audiences expect something different and the very fact that they expect something different is somehow implied to be wrong Mm -hmm. now there are sometimes other reasons given as well but that's not the most just, common that's the wrong. most common one and that's and that is puerile it's infantile but, it's but mm. clunky clunky
0: is the word this person mm. uses as if it's it's not even expertly done like would they go back and read the brothers karamazov or Moby dick and say oh it was clunky because it took too long and he talked too much about wailing and there was too much discourse in the Brothers they would karamazov, right? they would in yeah, fact they would it's mm. just that it also speaks to the uh, complete ineptitude of this person as a an actual reader of good things
1: Right. And and my my hot take is it's your your problem, Mr. Critic, is in the title. Tolkien's writing features plot cul-de-sacs for the sake of world building. Um, it's world building. It's what made Tolkien's work great. So yeah. the fact that there's cul de sex that's what happens in world building. Um, and and so and, and that's what makes it so rich as he himself admits. So that's the problem with number 10.
0: Yes. And not clunky.
2: <laughs> yeah, with 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 this point just alone. It, 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 I'm trying to find the words to say this, but like, there's no objective standard here uh, that he's cr- critiquing Tolkien on. It's purely subjective, and so even if someone were to write a book now that would fulfill this this point of uh, get getting rid of all cul de sacs for the sake of world building, um, then what what happens in 50 years when the standard changes again, and and then the yeah. new postmodern audiences don't like what you just did? You know it's, it's it's always if it's always subject to change, you can't really ever attain it.
1: Well, and for them for them, Dan, that's what the good is. The good is always having something new, always being able to trash the past and say, therefore we need to have new stories. There can't be anything of enduring or objective good. um so so of course they're going to do this.
0: So number nine, now that we've moved through plot cul-de-sacs, I think it's time to move into. Random characters show up for a short amount of time. So now the problem isn't that things are too long and clunky. Now they're too short. So mm. um, we, it's the Goldilocks approach to writing. You've got to have it just right. Uh, this is what he writes: the Silmarillion and some of other Tolkien's other writings, which were compiled in the History of Middle histories of Middle Earth. Dash Middle Earth again. Cover a lot of the world's history. Some characters from these writings, notably the Elf Glorfindel, make small appearances in the Lord of the Rings, but, but don't influence the plot too much before leaving. Tolkien fans love these cameos, but modern are le- re- readers are left frustrated by them. You remember all your friends who are frustrated by the cameo of Glorfindel or, uh, <laughs> or like, oh my gosh. Readers of contemporary fantasy, like A Song of Ice and Fire, are used to characters sticking around and making surprising contributions to the overall plot, though this element of Tolkien's writing may have aged poorly in novel form, having cameos from random characters does seem to be taking off in the Marvel cinematic universe.
1: This is my favorite one of the ten, because he literally destroys his own argument with (laughs) it. Like, like even by his own principles, which I reject, by the way, his principles being that the modern audience's expectations are what we should books need to adhere to in order to be considered um, good or having aged well. Um, So, but I reject that, but he destroys it himself because there's a whole series of modern movies that uses exactly that that plot Point, which is the cameo. Um also I would say um my other reaction is he has not he does not understand apparently mystery and and um the the idea of wonder. One of the things that I've noticed with every single one of my great number of children that I've read the Lord <laughs> of the Rings to um is that when we get to the part with Glorfindel and Glorfindel doesn't show up anymore. He just has this cameo and well a couple cameos if you count the Council of Elrond then he you have a situation where this sparks their imagination they of course you might say well they would love to see more of glorfindel okay maybe they would but 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 what but the goal there are plenty of other characters to, to for them to oo and awe over and glorfindel is has this nature for them which is they sit and they wonder about him the the, the small amount of information that we get, his power his the light and the fire it's something that's fantastic to them and those of them that read the silmarillion then you learn to love him even more so this is not a weakness this is actually a strength because
0: in fact yeah yeah and it- this is not a weakness because it's in modern storytellers too. If you look at Star Wars, every, like, there are tons of minor characters that have a backstory that are not revealed. Even when you go to, the, to 77, uh, the original Star Wars, Biggs had a large backstory. They actually just cut them out and were like, well, everyone's like, who's Biggs? Who's this guy? Who's Wedge? Why is he? Like all these characters that you don't mm-hmm. really have a backstory to, though there was one, it makes it more interesting. It's a, it's a completely invalid point.
1: It actually draws mm-hmm. their, their attention yes. in. So it's the opposite of what they're yeah. saying here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Brings us to... Number eight, Tolkien's heroes seem invincible. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord of the Rings largely centers on a war. Okay. And they are written by a war veteran. Oh, okay. Considering these facts, it's strange that none of the main characters die. Can you believe it? Oh, wait, except for fans of the film that adaptation might argue, wait. Might argue Is is that
1: as stupid
0: I'm like, what? Boromir dies. He's like a major character in, in, a lar- in, you know, in the last half of, of The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, and he dies doing what he should do. And he dies like he's, as a complex character who realizes the, the, the error of his ways. Let me finish reading this. Of course, a character doesn't have to die to be affected by war. Tolkien himself knew that very well. However, modern, modern audiences... Ding, ding, ding. Take a, take a swig every time you hear that. Have the perception that characters dying and other dark elements make a work of fiction more, quote, realistic. Uh, characters dying. Hmm. Some readers may feel that a story where all the main heroes survive is outdated, based on what they've come to expect from newer books. Everyone hates it when the good guys win. Okay, I find so.
2: Th- go ahead.
0: Oh, I was. Just, I, I find this um, uh, the whether a character survives or not is is not um, a valid criticism of the quality of the storytelling. Uh, it's simply is what it is and there are characters that die and there are characters that survive uh Gollum dies i mean you could say that he's a tortured character that ends up like it's not like you you're you're happy when he dies at the end of it but boromir dies and and to say that death simply makes it more realistic um uh is a false analogy to or is a false comparison to what would make an actual story good Hmm. like it doesn't matter is my opinion on this what were you gonna say dan
2: well, it seems like to me, like having a casualty uh, rating—one out of nine of your characters die at, at, at the, after the quest starts—that's pretty significant. And also that you know, when the other characters come back home, like Frodo is like traumatized and has PTSD basically. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it's not like it's not like they're, they're they're not there's not consequences for these characters. Is they're not they're not invincible. Like nothing matters or nothing bothers them or. Right. I, I like think, that they, I also,
0: they also don't bring up that Thorin dies at the end of The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and, and Killian Philly. And Killian Philly, right, right. Uh, yeah, Michael, do you have any thoughts about this?
1: Invincible does not mean what they think it means their the entire backdrop of tolkien's story is about how the main the heroes are not invincible in fact they're on the losing end they cannot possibly hope to win in all the wars that they engage in that's made very clear and they're they're fighting a hopeless battle. They just have this one um avenue open to them that is not about battle and warfare so in battle and warfare they're they're in fact the opposite of and and so many characters are killed um and and you you mentioned um frodo and sam or frodo being being uh having a, a kind of ptsd and this wound that won't heal but there's also people that like Eowyn and mm-hmm. mary um who faced the witch king and they're they don't they they have remarked to the end of their days and yeah. faramir who's who, who's um um you know uh shattered by his fa- his own father Denethor dies and I mean Theodin dies Theodin dies um you know the, like like there, there are so it's many like, characters that die that it's just it right. and the I mean his work being an epic has so many characters so the whole his heroes seem invincible I don't think you, you're reading the books not the books yeah. I'm reading anyway yeah
0: agreed all right number 7 some of the lord of the rings main characters lack agency this this or, sounds or as i like to
1: say some writers about lord of the rings lack intelligence because <laughs> his own point his own point he 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 brings up a single example about characters lacking like agency well, and it and it is terrible let's because read it, it it's let's read it.
0: contemporary readers like their principal this guy again contemporary readers a, a euphemism for the modern audiences <laughs> uh like the principal characters who have agency in their story and characters who don't are often maligned a good example might be twilight's bella swan oh bringing twilight in comparison to the lord of the rings this is awesome who many readers dislike due to her passive role in the narrative in the two towers which is really just one third, or in fact, one sixth of the Lord of the Rings in, in this story here. Uh, they begin the book. Uh, Merry and Pippin are largely passive characters. They begin the book captured by a pack of orcs and stay that way until the Rohirrim kill the orcs <laughs> and allow Merry and Pippin to escape with little effort. That... It's not exactly a long section of the book right there either. Later, they become passive observers of the Ents' destruction of Isengard. Even the team behind the Two Towers film adaptation thought that modern audiences would be unhappy with this depiction of the Hobbits and updated their story to make them a bit more involved. I think right there, what they're saying is that it's Merry and Pippin who convinced the Ents to march on Isengard. That was a big argument back in the day that they should not have done that. It's the Ents that should have made the decision. But there, it's Merry and Pippin arguing with the Ents in a way that causes them to...
1: Yeah, in fact, Isengard doesn't fall if Merry and Pippin don't start the avalanche. That's the difference. And need I point out, Merry is responsible for the the defeat of one of the three greatest foes that that exist in the books by stabbing the witch king in the knee and allowing eowyn to get the killing blow so you have an apparently largely passive character and a woman killing the witch king um so i I, it's just it's this is such a stupid and false point i don't want to talk about it anymore
2: (laughs) and then in the beginning in the fellowship of the ring you have the hobbits these, these characters that he's saying don't have agency they're, well they're the ones that plot to get frodo out of the shire no that's and right th- they're they're the ones that Good take point. the initiative to get him out and it's it's like saying they didn't do that oh, okay so because well. they don't have
0: agency in this one part of the entire story they don't have agency in the entire part of the story right well that's, it's also what also
1: saying. agency is like Your definition of agency is apparently unbelievably simplistic because you have to actually be the one swinging the fist to, 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 to be an agent. No, they're the ones that brought about the swinging fist that destroyed Isengard. So they, they were the agents.
0: Yeah.
2: This is, this is again, go ahead, Dan. Well, I was going to say, no character in any book ever has agency. They only do what the author tells them to do. <laughs> <laughs> right? So this this is just... <laughs> right? Like,
0: right, 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 right. Yeah. Other, otherwise, you're left... Uh, it, it, like, if they say no characters have agency, if it was just like Frodo and, and Sam and Merry and, and Pippin sitting in a room talking together while things happen around them, okay, maybe they're sitting at home smoking pipeweed and, and, and everything happens around them, that's not having agency. But they're on a freaking quest. They get captured by orcs. Boromir dies because of them. I mean, you would say that, the, I mean, the, that's not positive agency, but that's them actually influencing the way things happen because of who they are. So, I don't know, man. <sighs> Agency is a word used in um, graduate literature classes to somehow make yourself sound smart. That's where I'm going to leave this. And exactly. Let's move on. Number six. The story takes a while to get started. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Hey, guys, did you know that a lot of modern media, books included, are very concerned with hooking audiences as quickly as possible in an oversaturated landscape of fiction? It makes sense that books need to do everything they can to prevent readers from putting them down and moving on to the next one. Makes sense.
1: Do you know why the modern scene is oversaturated with fiction? because of the greatness of the work of this man in no small part it's because he built a world which is and he took so long to do it and he and he made so many elements put so many elements in and i would argue the start of the fellowship of the ring shows you the shire it shows you the good the goodness the hobbits come from that they leave to face the danger same thing with the hobbit um in in uh the the yeah, in the novel the Hobbit, yeah. this is this is this is so silly. It's like you don't understand. This is a, yes, you're right. This is a different kind of book than the ones that any later uses an example about from from Brandon Sanderson's, um, you know, uh, famous. Um, oh shoot, just went blank on the name of the cycle that uh, his his fantasy fantasy sci-fi novel. What's that? Mistborn. Is nope, it, not Mistborn. It's the okay. same universe, but different different mentioned. it's though um uh, something of kings so the way okay. of kings, anyway, right. anyway, so yeah, he has a very exciting start to his yeah, great, so so what Brandon Sanderson says that he owes so much of what he does to tolkien, so so now you're saying Tolkien should have been more like Brandon Sanderson, you're an idiot yeah. i
0: I love that that there are there are there's no like Dan mentioned at one point earlier on another one of the facts one of the ten reasons here, there is no logic or fact anywhere this year is like this it's the standard for audiences who are used to fantasy stories I'm like what how much does that actually encompass because a lot of fantasy stories if they've ever read robert jordan you want to talk about some slow parts there are some incredibly <laughs> slow parts in robert jordan's wheel of time and so like for whole to say, books that
1: are all slow parts.
0: the fellowship of the rings opening will likely feel quaint and outdated First of all, the Fellowship of the Rings opening also has Old Man Willow. It has the Barrow Downs. It has Escaping a Nazgul. Uh, it's Tom Bombadil and yeah, Tom and, Balbadil, and yeah, There's and... a lot of stuff that happens, and they could say, like, well, the people that— uh, The only thing that I will say is that most people lose it if they're not invested yet in or if they've taken too long to read it, um, or if somebody told them to read it, you're going to love it, and then it doesn't catch them right away. Is they lose it at um, Council uh, the of Council Elrond. of Elrond. Yeah. where there's a lot of exposition that goes on there. But all you got to do is make it through that. And that's not even that bad, though. I mean, it's like, what, 15 pages, maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Yeah. Um, but this comes from somebody who's used to scrolling through TikTok and um, wants the next quick adrenaline hit yeah, rather than actually so. taking the time to read something.
2: Yeah, you've got, you've got a 60-second uh, a attention span, and you cannot give yourself to anything for any longer period of time yeah. and let yourself develop into it, it it's it, this is a problem with modern audiences it's not a problem with Tolkien.
0: modern audiences yeah it's a you know so, it's it's a problem with just a lot of people the way people are it's like they, mm-hmm. they don't have the patience anymore to do anything that's true how that many people true. do you know who are like in my life I, I know very few people who are always reading like who are who are always reading a book there are very few people like that anymore and it is a mm-hmm. it is a sad thing
1: yeah. so from the next one that's so much for number six which is just him not understanding how great books work but
0: let's move on to number five then mm. the lord of the rings books lack diversity what are they talking about There are dwarves and elves and hobbits and humans uh, yep and Trolls. <laughs> yeah it turns out
1: there's more orcs. races than you'll find in most movies and books. did you guys know
0: because tolkien was largely inspired by white european history and myths the lord of the rings is not a very diverse series of books The main cast of characters is all presumed to be white based on the books and even adaptations of the work reflect this lack of diversity. I'm sure they're very upset with the history of Europe being very non-diverse too. We we need to not talk about the actual history of modern, the actual history of medieval Europe and its lack of diversity. But representation in media matters, Michael, Dan, as some studies have suggested that positive representation can lead to a greater acceptance of people who are othered. Having a series of books featuring all-white lead characters is a notion that feels dated with today's sensibilities. How much do we need to talk about this? Are, are we going to be well, shut down if we even talk about this?
1: This is a product. This is a product of a failed ideology, or not as it hasn't failed yet, but it is it is in the process of failing. It's totally bankrupt. This is a ridiculous notion. That's like saying if somebody were to write uh, take a book about the lay of Gilgamesh. That the fact that they, were, they, they included mostly characters with dark skin would be a lack of diversity because they're all dark skin characters. Um, yeah. Well, this goes this.
0: to the point. It, diversity is not a value. Diversity is a statement of appearance, right? It just For them, it just means the way something looks. It's, there's no value associated with it being diverse doesn't mean anything is better necessarily. If I have a diverse group of criminals, it's just as bad as having a non-diverse group of criminals. It doesn't. It's not a value statement.
1: Yep. And when they say representation in media matters, what they, of course, they mean is that having the same number of races in a book that one would find on the streets of New York City is what matters. And I reject that.
0: That's and I love, the... I love in this picture, we have in this one picture there are four different races represented re- represent- that's right
2: how could they say that there's only one race say there's only one race it's so sad. Mm. what's interesting mm. to me about this point this ideology keeps changing so when i was growing up i was a kid of the 90s uh diversity meant uh skin color and it meant gender in terms of two genders it was having more women represented and having more people of color represented and just like the last five years, this has shifted to now being LGBTQ plus inclusive. It's it, it's like an ever expanding diversity right. that must be met. And so, if we try to meet that standard today in whatever writing you're doing, who's to say in 20 years they don't invent another 500 genders and now you're outdated again? It, it's yeah.
0: it, it, the the goalposts are always 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 moving, yeah. always or growing narrower i guess i mean the the, diversity to me and you can shout me down if you want to it simply means not white male that Mm. that's that's what diversity means it's more defined by it's it's negative than it's positive Mm. so let's move on number four some races in the lord of the rings are inherently evil oh the problem of evil in the Lord of the Rings, there are certain races that are only represented by evil characters. The orcs, uruks, and goblins, for instance, only appear in the form of eagle, evil antagonists, leading readers to believe that all members of these races are evil. I wish Tolkien had talked more. They had talked more in the, in the movies about the good orcs that Tolkien talked about in the Silmarillion. Tolkien said nothing. See, I'm joking. No, Tolkien said nothing is evil in the beginning, which is a good sentiment. Oh, they gave him a little bit of a back, back, back yeah. pat however when every character from a race is shown to be evil it does make readers think that every member of that race must be evil even if the race is depicted in fantasy races, the idea that a group of people all uh, the group of people are well okay they, is all born is all born with the same immutable qualities is outdated and frankly
2: problematic i do like the image of this guy patting tolkien on the head hey good job you, you did it you almost did it you, <laughs> you're halfway there (laughs) so condescending
0: so so what I mean I have no problem with evil being evil and good being good we talked about this in a little bit about uh, uh, this in um, CS Lewis's review of the two towers and the return of the king where he makes Mm -hmm. the point that the, even then, they didn't like the idea of evil being evil and good being good, and they thought yeah. it was the dumbing down of things. But, but this would be kind of like saying, in a sense, like, well, how can you show all demons as evil? I mean, just because they're sitting there in the pit of hell, devouring the souls of... Yeah, I mean, and, okay, I'm, I'm being a little mm-hmm. bit uh, hyper, hyperbolic here, but devouring the souls, like, how can we simply say they're, they're all evil?
2: Yeah, this is, uh, this is a, a problem of relativism. This is like, in order for something to be interesting, you have to take black and white and make it gray. And it's just, it's completely at odds with reality of what the reality of things are. It's just that there is true good, there is true evil. And you have characters in, in Lord of the Rings, Tolkien has characters that struggle between those two. You have Boromir, you have Frodo, where they, you know, they want to be good, and they are tempted by what's evil. So you, you, you do have that, that represented. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's it, it wouldn't make sense unless there is pure good and pure evil.
1: Yeah, I have a in this take. I have um, a letter of Tolkien's to bring up. Um, so he talks about in, extensively in the Morgoth, in Morgoth's Ring. I had to look it up. Uh, because I had remembered it, but I forgot what it said. Um, so let me quote from um, <clears throat> from Morgoth's ring a, a question. Uh, well, let me, let me actually first pull up uh, two quotes, one from letter 153 of Tolkien's. He, he's talking about orcs, and he says, They would be Morgoth's greatest sins, abuses of his highest privilege, and would be creatures begotten of sin and naturally bad. Mm-hmm. And then here's an important point. I nearly wrote irredeemably bad, but that would be going too far because by accepting or tolerating their making necessary to their actual existence, even orcs would become part of the world, which is God's and ultimately good hmm. but whether they could have soul and he goes on to talk about whether they have souls or spirits in the way that we do or not, <clears throat> or whether they're more like beasts um the, it, so he he himself was was um still figuring out actually. Yeah. this 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 idea of an evil race and what he lands on and i think in in morgoth's ring there's a more of a hint to it he says um <clears throat> but even in this before this wickedness of morgoth was suspected the wise in the elder days taught always that orcs were not made by melkor and therefore were not in their origin evil they might have become irredeemable at least by elves and men but they remained within the law that is Though of necessity being the fingers of the hands of Morgoth, they must be fought with the utmost severity, they must not be dealt with in their own terms of cruelty and treachery. Captives must not be tormented, not even to discover information for the defense of the homes of elves and men. If any orcs surrendered and asked for mercy, they must be granted it, even at a cost. So, so Tolkien's pointing out that because their origins, they, they he's painting a vision of a, a race of beasts of creatures that were first made good and then irredeemably or perhaps not irredeemably um corrupted by Morgoth so in because of the fact that they that in their original nature they were not evil that there's there's a burden upon people even in war to deal with them without um cruelty etc so that's a it's an interesting point so he's he my my comment to this is that they're not inherently evil Orcs are not inherently evil. They're they were corrupted and made so by Morgoth, and at the time of the war, they acted with complete evil, and and there's nothing but a vice in their every action, even when they're not just fighting. The, as we see from the the Tower of Cirith Ungol and the relations between the orcs there, um, there's other vices other than malice and murder, but um, but but they. So they're not inherently evil, but that's not a, a subtlety that I expect the writer of this um, article to be able to understand.
0: I would say that uh, I, I like that quote you brought up. It made me think that the orcs are a part of the song, right? Of of uh, the song of the Ainur, the 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 song that Eluvitar sang to bring the Arda, the world, Ea into existence, um, and so just that alone makes them not inherently evil i think however yes i would say that the idea that i i think to them maybe to, to to boil this into how they view it how this writer views it is that inherently evil means we're simply not seeing somebody in this race who's good or who has who struggles with their conscience uh and that alone makes this unacceptable rather than the the state of yorks and so the, the, the book does itself a disservice by not showing us how orcs chew. They have agency to make a decision about their own being, about their own future, about choosing the good rather than the bad. And by not doing that, Tolkien has done a disservice to modern audiences. Yep. I think That's right. All right, let's move on. Number three, the geography of Middle-earth is... Concerning <laughs> when I read The Lord of the Rings, I thought this is the buzzwords, the buzzwords. It is concerning, perhaps Concer- problematic. It is othering.
1: Actually, I've been concerned by the geography sometimes, but not for the reason this guy's talking about. <laughs>
0: some critics of Tolkien's work have pointed out some potentially concerning connections between where certain groups live in Middle Earth and real life biases. Geographically, there is largely the East worst versus West dynamic in the books. Which is even directly referenced in the text. In the books, the good characters come from the West, and the bad characters are from the East. Tolkien addressed this criticism, saying it arose simply due to the narrative he was telling, but it does parallel some concerning talking points, the idea of protecting Western civilization. Uh, oh, you mean the ones that, that brought more freedom and, and prosperity to the world than anything else in the history of the entire universe? it has been used by some bad actors in support of white nationalism xenophobia oh right we're gonna make this connection even though there is no evidence for that connection anywhere at all anywhere i'm
1: surprised more they didn't po- say nazis
0: <laughs> more politically active readers of the lord of the rings will likely see some red flags in this similarity perhaps they could say uh more politically active casual or not readers of the lord of the rings but watchers of the films and readers of twitter feeds right so,
1: yeah, yeah. So the whole basis upon which this man writes his, assuming he's a man, writes this uh, <laughs> article is, is it, you know, the, the entire substructure that was created by Western civilization is problematic and concerning.
0: I don't even know where to start because when, when you say you're, you're not allowed to use the word West to say good simply because that's the, the fantasy world that was constructed. Uh, when you say Valinor was in the West, the best was in the West, right? They came from the West. I mean, it, it's just, it, w- it wasn't even in Tolkien, Tolkien's mind, I don't think, to say like, hmm, Western civilization. Well, since we came in the West, what's the Westernmost place we can go to? Well, it's Florida. So everybody came from, so Va- uh, uh, Valinor is, no, the West doesn't mean, and I understand Western civilization, Greek, Europe, Rome, all that sort of stuff moving forward. But to say that we we, we now simply can't say West or East to determine where good and bad comes from just because... Uh, some have uh, in a fantasy in a world. A you fantasy can't world.
1: You can't use a certain point of the compass to make good people there and bad people from another point of the
0: compass. Of course, I just, if you, it's if just you, dumb. right, right, and really, the West here means uh, the the Noldor that came out of Valinor. Really, I mean, ultimately, because when you think what was even further west than this, well, Thangarodrim, where Morgoth dwelt, was further west than what we see here in this map because it was destroyed at the end of the first stage. And so, you know, hmm. I, maybe that sates them a little bit.
2: The whole, yeah, the whole West versus East thing is, is interesting. Um, I, I, because in, in the first age, you see men coming out of the East that are good. So you have, good you point. have the, the Adain that come out of the East. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of see the, conne- I, I see the connection that he's making like Western civilization, well, me too. West, um, I don't know if that's like like you were kind of pointing to. I don't know if Western civilization is is bad. Um, so like even yeah, if, right. even if that <laughs> no, connection is there, is that bad? Right. Well, know. they
0: simply say because Western civilization is, is 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 a euphemism for nationalism and xenophobia. That's that's the connection yeah. they're trying to make, and because white nationalism, p- it's like, racism. Like, like, yeah. so, white so, nationalism, so like pe- people
2: in the East don't have nations and they don't hate other races. I'm right, sure. Right. No. Like, no. No.
0: No. No. If. if <laughs> If you were to move, yeah, clearly you've to, never, be, Japan, never been to Japan, the, you would be completely 100% accepted as a Japanese. No, right. yeah, yeah, I'm that sure. It never happens. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's much ado about nothing because they have to find something. And so political activism will simply use East and West somehow in The Lord of the Rings to make it less uh, in their own minds because it has to be because it was written by a white cis hetero male. Sorry, cis normative male. All right, that's, that's it for now. That's all we four. have to say about that. Let's move on number three or oh whoa let's move on number two Tolkien's work features uncomfortable racial terminology
1: (laughs) and then wait for it he proceeds I thought he was going to go somewhere else but he proceeds to quote terminology which is distinctively not racial (laughs) so his point is it has uncomfortable racial terminology and then he gives a quote and the quote is from Barlam and Butterbur, no black man shall pass my doors while I stand on my legs. And <laughs> and Butterbur is talking about a wraith, a ring Gosh, wraith. A Nazgul. His the Nazgul direct, talking about black cloaks worn by the Nazgul. There is no uncomfortable racial terminology because there is no racial terminology at all. It's not race, you idiot. <laughs> no.
0: I- I don't i don't know what he means it also refers to the nazgul using a slur
1: i don't i don't know like the, i even thought to look it up the, and, the I, and then i realized rule? i wasn't going to give this man another <laughs> moment of my time by looking any up anything
2: I I, I, okay. I uh, how, how much of a ween is the person that wrote this <laughs> their, their, their points are this is concerning this is problematic this makes me uncomfortable <laughs> it's like who cares like, like, just get over it. Like that. That's my immediate. That's my Dan, immediate reaction to this. Dan, it's
0: detracting <laughs> from the intended message of love and cooperation. Okay, so this
1: is my favorite sentence of the entire article because all of a sudden, this person that is so uncomfortable and so concerned and finds everything in Tolkien so problematic, now they. Uh, now suddenly they know what the intended message of Tolkien was. They have it. It's theirs. They're to, to bestow upon us. And, and what do they do? It's the intended message of love and cooperation. Mm. How do? You, how about this, dude? How about you read the books to find out what the intended message is? Not inject your your hippie crap on <laughs> on this. on on your review of this that Mm -hmm. isn't the intended message it isn't love and cooperation yes there is love yes there's cooperation that's not the.
0: sam and frodo and gollum cooperate (laughs) together to destroy the ring i got
1: your love right here yeah i so this is this is what it produces in me it produces the urge to violence i would love to see a
0: person like this try to read the silmarillion and see what like what's the intended message of the silmarillion everybody (laughs) dies and there's no hope It's love and cooperation, cooperation. really. Oh
2: my God! Yeah, they they always latch onto these these themes that, for Tolkien, are probably present. They're probably somewhere in his 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 reason for writing. He's he's concerned about beauty. He's concerned about truth. He's concerned about um, uh, honor and and. keeping your word and keeping your promise and and so there's all these high themes of, of heroism and, mm-hmm. and 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 the epic integrity and, and, and heroism and, 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 hope and how that, and, and how that plays out in the virtues of, of a life um, but they, they always like just cherry-pick like I'll take that one and I'll take yeah. this one. And then I'm going to bring in my ideology over here. And, okay, this is what Tolkien's supposed to be. like.
0: I don't even yeah. think, like, cooperation is not a message of the Lord of the Rings. Like you said, it's heroism, it's integrity. And the choices that you make can look like cooperation when heroism and integrity are involved but it's not like you know what because you're an elf and I'm a dwarf and we've got hobbits and humans let's cooperate that yeah. was not the message of the Lord of the Rings at all in fact there was right. more... you,
1: you know you know who did a lot of cooperation in Lord of the Rings the Nazgul
0: they, they cooperated <laughs> perfectly they, they were they, a great they, team
1: they, they never fought amongst themselves
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and they were black so it was okay
1: yeah that's right <laughs> I mean, uh, that's my Isn't that's my that's my main problem. I think you're entirely right, Jonathan. I think your points are excellent, Dan, about what they're doing and they construct this this stupidity of a, a critique. But the we can't get away from the fact that the only evidence they they try to make a point and they bring a piece of evidence, and the only evidence they bring for their point that it has uh, that Tolkien has uncomfortably racist word what, what, uh, uncomfortably racist racial terminology is that. Is is an example where it's not racial terminology.
0: I know. Yeah, right. It's descriptive. They're it's describing like the saying,
1: color of a cloak. Right. It's the the man is black because his he's completely covered in, or the Nazgul is black because it's completely covered in a black cloak. It's not a black man. Well, but see, there's no uncomfortable racial
0: terminology. Here's the problem: Tolkien had already Unless read don't know Ibram read. X Kendi. He was an anti-racist oh already. Gosh. So because of that, he knew Tolkien knew that just using the word black.
1: With a dog
0: that. whistle, right? So I, you missed, missed.
1: I missed that Tolkien himself so, professed again, to be an anti-racist right. before the term right. existed. That, hope, that, I, well, that changes everything.
0: I hope you've learned, guys, that Jeez. anti-racism is an inherent mm. message of the Lord of the Rings along with love and cooperation. That's what you we're
1: know, going. this article takes on the new, a new meaning for the term doom scrolling. <laughs> I feel more Every, and more doomed. You ne- doomed the next
0: one. Well, yeah. we are doomed to move on to the last one. Number one... Tolkien's world features very few women. (laughs) The Lord of the Rings is largely a story about male characters. (laughs) But female characters in Tolkien's work are largely sidelined or defined by their relationships to men in the story by today's standard. Hey guys, today's standards. This type of story, you're not allowed to tell stories about men. This type of storytelling doesn't really hold up. Similar to ensuring there's good representation across races, dwarves, elves, Maiar, humans. It is also important for men for media to portray characters of multiple genders multiple so i can be three genders at the same time yes i, I don't think that's what i mean. though tolkien does include some good i don't know the ba- the whites were characters. probably a different gender notably aowyn Swirling, the witch king they do not feel like fully realized people
1: i think i think this may have been an attempt to just see how many buzzwords they could put in i hadn't i've just like fully realized the whole thing uh yeah.
0: They took uh, Grammarly's new um, uh, dictionary rules and said, how can we apply this to this article? Yeah. And said, let's throw all these words in here. Um,
2: so so, so what do we have out, to say about this? So what? one thing that jumps out to me reading The Cimmerillion with you guys and reading The Lord of the Rings is there are prominent moments, and even this article admits, there are prominent moments when there are women who kind of break out of a stereotypical role for women and they and they are valiant warriors in battle or or through the the sheer strength of their will they lead their people like the, the people of um Haleth. the people of Haleth. They, they they rename their whole people because they all follow this this one woman because she leads them by the sheer strength of her will um that they're so so you have and those not, you not have just... those breakout things and but I think also at the bottom of this is just a rejection of any differences between men and women at all. It's it's like if you have mm. any kind of stereotypical roles for men and women, and then show women in those roles not only excelling or thriving or um, exhibiting positive traits in those roles, it, it's almost like. They, they just reject that like that's well, not valid
0: they've defined by doing this what they do is they've defined that the only positive traits are the masculine traits that they've right. identified in the right. male characters there is no positivity to women when it comes being feminine right being uh, a, a mother which only a woman with a womb can do right none of that is valuable here or being a healer which by all accounts is like in my marriage is certainly more the woman's role than mine. I'm I'm the suck it up and let it bleed kind of dad, um, whereas uh, you know my wife is uh, get the band-aid, get the bandage. Let's uh, let's 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 cuddle. Let, let's let's get together, make sure they feel good, and then send them off again. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, uh, but but they fixed it, right? They fixed it in the rings of power because we got a real woman leading that show in Galadriel. Well, a that is the ha- woman that they wanted though, isn't it though? Like the Galadriel yes, is, is the woman that they wanted and and she ended up being
1: a really hated woman and that's the thing. Like when when they when they try to make women that are that all they are is defined by their attempt to act like men, that's what you end up with. It is fascinating to me that that the people are so they pick and choose. So um so let's say two things. One, yes, most of the characters in lord of the rings are male versus female it is in fact an epic war story in an epic war stories across history men play a prominent role so yes we have the many most of the prominent roles being played by men in this story that makes it an epic war story so that's mm. point one. Point mm. two: we always ignore all the great things that the women do so I would call people who have read the Silmarillion's attention to the fact that there are exactly, that Sauron is second fiddle to the great big bad in Middle-earth, Morgoth. And there are only two beings in the history of Middle-earth that have conquered Morgoth. Tolkis, the Valar of War, and Luthien Tenuvial, a woman. So that's it. Those are the only two. And so one of them's a woman. If you read the appendices to the, the, the return in the Return of the King, you will find out that um, the entire fortress, Sauron's secondary fortress of Dol Guldur, was destroyed single-handedly by Galadriel by herself, not her army. So she somehow has the power to take down an entire fortress by her by herself. There, Aowin, the only Nazgul ever defeated in combat, in, in, in Tolkien's work done by a woman so i'm just it's just silly they don't they don't they're 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 trying to make political points anyway i'm done as it is
0: uh as as c.s lewis's review of the two towers and the return of the king which I, i will link below if i can find it for you guys it's he says that you know um we dip our reality in story and fantasy and it and it becomes more real and it becomes more, more alive to us than anything else. And what these people have done, what these kinds of people do is they want to take fantasy and dip it in our reality and it becomes mm-hmm. less good and less fantastic and less real. Um, and, and I think through this kind of an article, that's, that's what we see. Is- yeah.
1: I, I don't want what this guy's peddling. I don't want what mo- what he thinks mo- most modern audiences want. If that's what they, they do want, ain't for me. It ain't, it ain't for and it isn't what made tolkien great i think mm-hmm. he lives
0: in a bubble and the modern audiences is, is himself and two of his friends that went to grad school at, <laughs> you're probably right yeah, that, that, that watch still watch mean girls every once in a while
2: <laughs> so well, I, th- are, I think i think it's proven in the fact that he's still writing about tolkien all these years later he's right. not That's he's right. not writing about something else that they've created it's they yeah. have to try to take this down if tolkien had done everything that
1: he had if he had a all these biracial multi-gender you know 50 plus percent women um, um all of like east versus west south versus east was something different than the west um if he done all that and written all that it wouldn't be around today no one would care yeah so uh
0: yeah yeah well we, you, you know done with me, this? but it, we, we can just remember if you want to see all the great ways that these 10 things have been implemented in a Fantasy story that I won't call a Tolkien story, but a fantasy story. Go watch the Rings of Powers, and you can see That's how that right. turned out for him. Both of you who liked it, you can contact me. Well Tweet me, <laughs> and tweet me well said. At, at, um, at Torque on Twitter. Well said. Well said. All right, guys, thanks for following through all this with us. Uh, I just felt like this would be kind of fun to see, like how bad it really, really is, and to to know the dangers that are out there. In a way, right? There are a lot of people who really believe this. Like they really believe that um tolkien was racist because he called a nazgul black like they really believe this this is to them this is the great sin and we have to fight back against this kind of crap and call it out when we see it because if we don't then it's just going to keep growing and growing and that's what what's happened in schools that's what happened 20 years ago when i got a degree in literature and i'm sure i'm sure it's only getting worse because using words like othering and agency and modern audiences right those are the things that fly around in um in those circles today and it's complete worthless crap like it it doesn't hold it doesn't, they have to talk about Tolkien rather than talking about anything good that's new, because there's nothing good that's new coming out of these circles anymore. That's my mm-hmm. final take on it, guys. <sighs> Very <laughs> cathartic. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All I think, right. I, I, oh, nope. But, go
2: ahead, Dan. You close this out. I was going to say, just in my summing, summing up of what I'm thinking, is that good stories are rooted in reality and truth. and. What this article is, is just this person's subjective feeling. It's not reality or truth. Yeah. And so it's it's not good storytelling. No. If, if you try to meet every one of these criteria to to satisfy modern audiences, it, like, like Michael was saying, we would not be reading Tolkien today if he wrote it for this purpose. Exactly.
0: Agreed. Everybody, go read The Lord of the Rings and don't watch The Rings of Power. That's my final take. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all. All right. Bye. Man.